Welcome to another Books and Culture podcast with Books and Culture's editor, John Wilson. I'm Stan Guthrie, and today, John, we're going to be looking at science. Yes, this is our first installment for 2015 of coming attractions. That's one of the things that I enjoy that you and I do. We get the privilege of seeing books ahead of time, and I still feel it's a little bit like getting an early look at your Christmas presents. And, <laughs> and in this case, the book is by one of my favorite writers, and it's on a subject that is very interesting. The Story of Science from the Writings of Aristotle to the Big Bang Theory by Susan Weisbauer, published by Norton, and it is coming out in May. Before I talk about this specific book, I just want to say a little bit about Susan Weisbauer, who some of our listeners will be very familiar with, others maybe just a little bit, and others probably don't know at all. Susan is a remarkable woman, a polymath. She's been working on a history of the world for Norton, and she's taking a break after three volumes. The third volume got us up through the Renaissance. She's also a novelist, though she hasn't written fiction for some time, and I keep poking her with my stick, saying, I just wish you would write more fiction. She's theologically trained. She's taught English at William & Mary. She runs a publishing company on her own. She's the wife of a rural pastor and has a large family. I could go on and on. I mean, she does enough for six people. For many years, she was a fixture on the homeschool and classical Christian school speaking circuit. She's done a couple of books that are very widely used among homeschoolers, including my daughter, Mary, and her husband, John, and our five grandchildren. Part of the reason that she's interesting is that she brings those skills as a writer to whatever project is at hand. You don't have too many people who have the kind of mind that a novelist has and the kind of style who also are going to undertake to write a history of the world mm -hmm. and also are going to end up writing what are essentially textbooks for homeschoolers. You know, those qualities just don't usually land in the same person. But in Susan's case, they have. She has been writing for books and culture for a very long time. Yes. I think her first piece appeared in maybe 1996 or 97, and I believe it was on Stephen King. I'd have to go back and look to be sure. But this new book, she makes it very clear at the outset that it's not a history of science, period. It's really a survey of some high points of science writing. She takes a number of classic works over the centuries and talks about them. Each discussion is in a concise chapter, and at the end... She gives information about the book and then moves on to the next subject. It's a wonderfully readable book, but there's also a depth to it, despite the brevity of the treatment and the fact that it's meant to be very accessible. And let me just read you a little bit from this chapter at the end. It's called The Triumph of the Big Bang. She starts with three epigraphs, one of which is from a famous book by the Nobel Prize-winning physicist Steven Weinberg called The First Three Minutes, A Modern View of the Origin of the Universe, and that's one of the two books that she's focusing on in this chapter. The quotation from Weinberg is, in the beginning there was an explosion. So that's Weinberg's parody 
of in the beginning. Yes. <laughs> Later in the chapter, she writes, Yet, as groundbreaking as it was, the first three minutes shared the drawbacks of all origin stories. It demanded a leap of faith about the beginning of the universe, and it led inevitably to speculation about its end. And then she quotes Weinberg in the introduction. There is an embarrassing vagueness about the very beginning, Weinberg wrote, the first hundredth of a second or so. <laughs> but, as she mentions, he proceeds confidently on... Weinberg writes, the universe must ultimately stop expanding as it will either simply cease fading away into cold and darkness or else experience a kind of cosmic bounce and begin to re-expand. We can imagine an endless cycle of expansion and contraction stretching into the infinite past with no beginning whatever. And then Weinberg moves without a break into metaphysics. There is not much comfort in any of this, he writes. It is almost irresistible for humans to believe that we have some special relation to the universe, that human life is not just a more or less farcical outcome of a chain of accidents reaching back to the first three minutes. The more the universe seems comprehensible, the more it also seems pointless, which is a very widely quoted mm. um, saying of Weinberg's. Then she comments, Moving from singularity to meaning is irresistible and also non-scientific. Comfort and despair both are entirely non-Baconian. Although mm. the first three minutes begins by contrasting an ancient creation myth from the Norse Edda to the scientific tales that Weinberg is about to unfold, the two stories actually bear a striking resemblance to each other. I think this is a brilliant insight that she has. Weinberg's story of origins is complete with a projected apocalypse and, at the very end of the book, a moral the goal of humanity. And now this next paragraph I'm reading, she's quoting from Weinberg. But if there is no solace in the fruits of our research, there is at least some consolation in the research itself. Men and women are not content to comfort themselves with tales of gods and giants like you and I do stand with our primitive you know, <laughs> beliefs, or to confine their thoughts to the daily affairs of life. They also bid telescopes and satellites and accelerators and sit at their desk for endless hours working out the meaning of the data they gather. The effort to understand the universe is one of the very few things that lifts human life a little above the level of farce and gives it some of the grace of tragedy. Isn't that an amazing view of life, that that's one of the few things that lifts it above? And then this is Susan's final comment. Weinberg has moved deftly from physical questions to the purpose of life, which is to glorify science and to pursue it forever. The Baconian project has turned in on itself and swallowed its own tail. Mm. What began as the study of what could be verified by experiment has become a way to locate truths that can never be touched. That was just a little sampling of why I think many of our listeners will richly enjoy this book and profit from it. And again, it's coming out in May the Story of Science from Norton, Susan Weisbauer. Thank you very much, John. Stan, are you ready to go back to your farcical routine? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just wondering what his wife thought of that. <laughs> oh, thanks for the conversation, as always. Right, thanks, John. <laughs>